right when you don't know what to do just keep on breathing from the city of angels in los angeles welcome to all my listeners out there in radio land i'm dave the caregiver's caregiver at caregiverdave.com along with my lovely co-host former mayor of a california beach town and best-selling author debbie peterson coming to you live and on demand 24 7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global audio and video platforms including iHeartRadio, itunes youtube spreaker soundcloud vimeo stitcher radio Blog Talk Radio, and there's many, many more. In fact, we're proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two caregiver podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60 and number two on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. Jeffrey Madden is a co-founder and chief executive officer at Advantage Therapeutics which is a clinical biotechnology firm developing a novel immunotherapy for Alzheimer's disease. Before we get started, I do want to take this moment and thank my last week's guest, Julie Potiker, author of the new book, Snap, From Chaos to Calm. And she talks about mindfulness, very much needed in these days. And just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews on our membership website, including this one. Uh, at thecaregiverdave.com or any of our other 26 global audio and video networks that I mentioned earlier. Okay, enough of that. Jeffrey, so great to have you on the Caregiver Dave radio show. I always like to ask my guests just who is Jeffrey Madden and why was he placed on this earth? (laughs) It's great to be here, uh, Debbie and Dave. And um, I'm a bit of a metaphysical guy, so my answer to that will be uh, define my dharma, uh, be awakened, and uh, really, you know, find a place uh, in the world uh, in terms of purpose uh, to work with other people to make the world a better place. And um, I think there's two halves to life. There's a uh, first half uh, chasing success uh, as societally defined, and the second half, uh, God willing, we all make that uh, to chase um, significance, to do something bigger than you to make the world a better place. And so, the first half of my life was. Very much focus on success um, in finance as institutional investment manager, and uh, I dare say awakened um, to find uh, a bigger purpose. Uh, and a lot of that had to do with uh, necessary suffering uh, by way of my late grandmother Genevieve, who suffered from Alzheimer's. Hmm. And I really uh, put my heart and soul uh, into finding, uh, as you said, an amina therapy that I think can make the world a better place and uh, band together you know, with world-class people uh, to do exactly that and help uh, people in this uh, humanitarian crisis, both um, patients uh, and caregivers to make a difference. Uh, so I'm squarely focused on that and in a very synchronistic way. Uh, happy to report that we're making great progress on that. I'd love to tell you more about it. Yeah, we had someone on uh, not too long ago who was experimenting with some Alzheimer's uh, medication And it's the first time I've ever heard that the medication was actually making a patient better, not just keeping them from getting worse. 
And now you're talking about something. Is there a breakthrough going on in the Alzheimer's research these days? Yeah, you, yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, obviously, um, you, you see the headlines these days with the monoclonal antibodies uh, with both Biogen and more recently Lilly that is slowing the decline. And, uh, you know, if I go all the way back to my days uh, as a biotech investor, um, where, you know, I invested in companies uh, that really made the world a better place, uh, Celgene, Genentech, Illumina, Intuitive Surgical, you know, these are companies that just made structural change, uh, you know, in their respective um, indications. And, you know, this pattern recognition, you know, is uh, vernacular, you know, within investment management. And I'll just say this, that, you know, mice have been cured you know, from Alzheimer's, cancer, HIV. Uh, but w- one of the biggest lessons learned for me is that it rarely translate, uh, tr- animal system rarely translates into human system. And what I think, you know, is a big breakthrough here uh, and something I detected going back about 10 years ago, you know, when my late grandmother Genevieve was ravaged by Alzheimer's is that there's big signal, uh, meta uh, signal in terms of analysis uh, with priming your peripheral immune system to reduce neuroinflammation in the brain. Uh, you saw it with uh, you know uh, different vaccines and and adjuvants, and you know these penicillin moments of efficacious and safe outcomes for Alzheimer patients was the strongest si- uh, signal you know, I saw. And and I dare say you know I've got a pretty good pattern recognition managing a multi billion dollar fund back in the day. Uh, and now, you know, what you see is this, um, I will call it a breakthrough, you know, is making its way, you know, into the clinic. And I'd say we're at the vanguard, you know, of, uh, doing a confirmation study. But seven years ago, uh, there was a study, a big phase two study for a conjugate, um, uh, protein vaccine that was targeting, uh, a beta 42. And, you know, this vaccine had, um, you know, five arms, you know, the vaccine failed is going after amyloid, but one of the control arms, uh, you had this stunning disease modification where 50% of the patients, uh, in this control arm where there's 50 patients had, you know, the same or better cognition, uh, with, uh, hippocampus as a downstream biomarker, you know, and, and this is an adjuvant, um, alum, uh, which is our lead compound, which we're taking into uh, a clinical trial right now. Uh, and so if you could have, you know, that type of treatment effect, you know, I definitely would classify that as uh, a breakthrough. So we're excited to do exactly that and get into a human uh, clinical trial here in the next month or two and get results out uh, in uh, 2025. You know, that's great. Um, does it frustrate you the way uh, society keeps changing the definition of terms? I always thought that the word vaccine meant if you take it, you won't get it. And uh, apparently we learned in the last few years that's not so. So how are you defining the word vaccine when you use it? Well, you know, vaccines, uh, you've got, you know, different classifications, you know, for vaccines. And you got to be, you know, very uh, specific if you're talking about, you know, subunit, live attenuated or um, mRNA. Uh, and, of course, you know, we've seen more recently uh, you know, this uh, mRNA, um, I'll say, uh, broad adoption. Uh, but that's a, a different vaccine relative to uh, subunit, uh, think flu, uh, and, and, and certainly live attenuated. Uh, I'm on the board of Rational Vaccines, which is developing a live attenuated vaccine for HSV-1 and HSV-2 
that's an ancient virus with 75 proteins. And so you're getting full antigenic breath, generally speaking, with live attenuated. Uh, mRNA, you know, is, is just a different thing. And expressing the spike protein, for example, for COVID, you know, may not have the same efficacious outcomes. Uh, so, you know, you know it's language is uh, perception's silent partner, a wise man once said, and I think it certainly <laughs> applies to, uh, to vaccines. Uh, you mentioned that uh, mice have Alzheimer's. How do you know and how do you measure a mouse who has different stages of Alzheimer's? That that just uh, really confuses me. Yeah, and it's, you know, this Are is something that's... into walls, they can't find their cheese. I mean, what is it? <laughs> I mean, you know, like this is something that's confused a lot of people, you know, and, you know, it goes back to transgenic mice um where you know you're you're uh basically changing some genomic sequence so that these mice create um in the case of alzheimer's research amyloid this toxic protein uh you know but mice are much different uh than primates and and certainly homo sapiens and so you know this translation um rudy tanzi you look up chat gbt top uh, alzheimer's scientist in the world he ranks as number one he's out of harvard He's the chairman of our uh, SAB, uh, and he has this aphorism that what happens in mice stays in mice. And <laughs> <laughs> this translation in the human system, you know, is just um, uh, a very difficult thing to do. I've got a lot of tracks in my back re relying on uh, mouse model uh, preclinical. And so, you know, my, one of my lessons learned, just to rift on this for a second, is, you know, start with human system signal. And I think that's what you're you're seeing in ter in Alzheimer's. You're you're seeing that happen, uh, where nearly a third of the uh, over 180 clinical trials in Alzheimer's are repurposed agents, where, where you, you detected you know uh, these uh, the signal. And in our case, I'll say you know penicillin moment. But it's all about what you do after a penicillin moment that matters. And you, you got you know the, there's there's a, a big Herculean lift you know, to get to preclinical, uh, to clinical. And then, but, but again, to this solve backwards, you know, mental model, uh, I think that that's well suited when you're dealing with a syndrome, not necessarily a disease and it's multigenic. That's really important is right there. You know, when you say Alzheimer's disease, you know, there's a tip off here that again, language being perception side of a partner, uh, I, I would offer that, you're talking about a heterogeneous uh, condition that's multigenic that doesn't suit itself well to traditional drug development, going after one target. Debbie, you got any so questions? So I'm, if we're a little bit talking about a little confusion, um, <laughs> how how does the immunotherapy come into all of this? What about what you're talking about has anything to do with immunotherapy? Yeah. Okay. Well, technically, you know, the monoclonal antibodies, you know, that's immunotherapy exogenous. Okay. And what I'm talking about, you know, is, you know, endogenous and, you know, just, just like mechanism, I could speak to, you know, our lead compound, you know, ADOA4. It's, you know, at a very specific dose at two mig, you know, it's injected, you know, subcutaneous, you know, think about like getting a vaccine shot for the flu. Uh, it stays at the site of injection. And then, of course, yeah, you, you have a immune, respo immune response, both uh, innate and, and adaptive. And, 
you have phagocytosis and you have macrophages, which are kind of like Pac-Man of your innate immune system come in and they secrete in the case of our compound, um, a very specific uh, interleukin. Think about interleukins as being groups of cytokines and, and the Wi-Fi of your immune system. And so this Wi-Fi system gets engaged. And in the case of this interleukin, it's known to cross-communicate to the brain and modulate the activation of your brain's resident immune uh, cells called microglia. Okay. And... And the microglia, you know, when they get into an inflammatory state, uh, bad things happen, uh, you know, in the brain. And so to switch the microglia from neuroinflammatory to neuroprotective and regain homeostasis, okay. that's the, the indirect mechanism of action for our aminotherapy. And it's a, so y- your body is like a bioreactor. If you just point it in the right direction, um, it could do amazing things. And many so the, times, yeah, go ahead, please. Well, so the simple explanation and 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 too simple, I'm sure, is that it, it's not that it makes you immune to a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, it's not like improving your immune system or reducing your inflammation necessarily, but it makes you immune to the things, the amyloids that that interfere with brain function that are active in Alzheimer's. Is that accurate? To say it yeah, I would say it. Yeah, you know, so again, like we don't know, um, you know, exactly what the cause is here. Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone has been, uh, you know, going after, and it really was dogma uh, for a very long period of time. You know, the amyloid hypothesis that you know if you, you if you clear this toxic protein, you know, that you would you have a reversal, uh, mm-hmm. you know, of Alzheimer's and. And so, you know, it's you know, going after, you know, just, just one target, you know, for something heterogeneous, um, you know, it's right. a very, very difficult task. And so, you know, what, what I would say is, you know, there's um, the pathophysiology, what we believe for Alzheimer's is inflammation. And so okay. if you take, you know, this biology of aging worldview, and we know one of the lanes of, of aging you know, is inflammation. And we know the biggest causation for, uh, you know, dementia is age, is aging. And so the pathophysiology, what we would offer, you know, is a primary driver of the pathophysiology, you know, is inflammation. And so, you know, just to, to riff on that for a second, that, you know, so you have neurons, you know, that are anatomically intact, but because of this, you know, neuroinflammation, you have a functional block, you know, you have 86 billion neurons and you have, you know, thousands of synapses, uh, you know, that uh, have a functional block because of that neuroinflammation. So if you could reduce it, you could have restoration, you know, of mm-hmm. cognitions, but you got to catch it early. You got to catch it right. way early. Yeah. So do and you that's see one of the, you- oh, please go ahead. Well, do you see it as being something that would work alongside some of the current things that are working, or do you see it as being entirely yeah. different? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's the key point, you know, is that long term um we got neuro's gotta get where oncology is. And you're in the air of combination yeah. therapy in oncology. And but to do that, you need, you know, some cornerstone therapeutics, at least one or two you know, that, that you could build around that have, you know, 
very si- significant treatment of clinic clinically meaningful treatment effect of like let's call it fifty percent or higher. Uh, you know, of course, safe, you know, easy to administer and low cost, you know, the pathway inhibitors, uh, you know, re- really in oncology were a catalyst, you know, for the combination, the air of combination therapy that's going on right now. And to your point, you know, the monoclonal antibodies with Lilly and, and uh, uh, Biogen, you know, they're targeting the amyloid, they're, they're doing a great job of clearing amyloid. Um, but just imagine if you have that at, at a lower dose to deal with uh, uh, microhemaging that we know is uh, part of the side effects and you know, our lead compound I'd offer, or there's others out there that target inflammation. And, and that's a great step, you know, uh, to, um, you know, get after, uh, you know, different targets, you know, in, right. uh, in, a, in, a, in a clinician setting. And then, you know, ideally, you know, I, I will emphasize that I think the cornerstone therapeutic will have a really have a pleiotropic effect, you know, so you know, there's simultaneous, you know, pathways and targets, um, you know, are, that are being uh, initiated, uh, you know, by uh, a compound that that really probably will be the signature of uh, a, a true, you know, um, significantly um, cl- clinically uh, disease-modifying therapeutic will, will have that, out of all likelihood, pleiotropic effect. And that's what we're seeing with our Can you define pleiotropic for those of us who aren't medically oriented? <laughs> sure. So really, you know, it, it's a pleiotropic effect is simultaneously producing more than one effect. That's, okay. you know, so the layman's fixes, definition. It, it fixes several... So you're saying it combines with other medications and, uh, or can be combined with other methodologies and fix the multiple things that appear to be causes or apparent in Alzheimer's. Yeah, just think about like like A2A4, like our lead compound, you know, the indirect pathway I described, you know, to, to, to flip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and switch the brain from neuroinflammatory to neuroprotective. And we're all also identifying in our preclinical, you know, this clearance of metabolic waste, you know, that could also be inducing um, inflammation. So you have a indirect pathway and a direct pathway. So that would fall into this pleiotropic effect for, right. uh, you know, they, they do a four compound. We got a lot more work to do, but I'm just sharing that as an example. Yeah. Why is the clinical trial failure rate so high? Yeah, you know, that gets a lot to do with, um, you know, this classical approach, you know, and, and again, you know, right there, you know, Should they the Alzheimer's it? disease. Well, um, yeah, what, what, what really happened was, you know, going after, uh, you know, this amyloid, you know, just uh, turned out to be... Um, a very difficult lift. And I'll just share this with you, you know, because, you know, the majority of these trials, uh, until more recently, the primary target has been amyloid. Interestingly enough, in the last two years, inflammation has become the primary target, which is great. I think that's amazing that you you, uh, decouple uh, from this dogma of of targeting, you know, amyloid. Uh, But just think about this, where um, based on autopsy studies, um, 30% of older adults, you know, have brains uh, loaded, you know, with enough amyloid beta, tau, or both, you know, to, to indicate, you know, an Alzheimer's um, d- 
diagnosis, but without any of the symptoms. So what do you that attribute possible? that to? Well, you know, like that gets into this, um, the current pathology is incomplete. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, and, 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 and so it's, um, gets back to this heterogeneous reality, you know, of, of Alzheimer's and neuro generally and Alzheimer's specifically. And you, you have a hundred different genes headlined by, you know, APOE4. And so you, you, you need to have, you know, this cornerstone therapeutic, therapeutic or therapeutics to emerge to you know to get after multiple uh pathways and targets and that and that's happening you know you had a watershed moment um just more recently and you know the the end of the beginning is the way i classify that uh and now this it opens up uh you know for folks like us you know to, to work really hard and get the money raised we need and get into clinic and you know show that you know we could go after go after neuroinflammation and perhaps even have a bigger treatment effect, uh, why do you, just like we did why before. Why do you think um, you're going to have more success? Well, it has a lot to do with, you know, again, this lesson learned for me is um, uh, rely on human system signal. And don't just take my word for it either. You know, Suzanne Hendricks is the leading AD statistician, I'd say, in the world. Uh, she's the CEO founder of Pentara. And, you know, she did, you know, this, this penicillin moment, you know, I referenced before this predecessor trial where you saw this amazing, you know, uh, disease modification with 50% of the patients, uh, you know, in that control arm at two mig alum, um, you know, having the same or better cognition. And the way uh, I'll just read exactly, because when it comes to statistics, you know, I want to be precise. In her words, the, the two mig uh, eight hundred four control arm of the trial showed a significantly significant slower decline over the combined four other groups on clinical outcomes, cognition, and quality of life, and uh, MRI hippocampal volume as biomarker. You know, so that's coming from you know one of the leading uh, Alzheimer's uh, statisticians in the world, and then you know Rudy Tanzi, uh, Dr. Rudy Tanzi, um, you know he's the chairman you know, of our SAP, um, really, you know, just guiding our preclinical uh, and mechanism of action. And then there's a whole host of world-class people that have come together uh, b- because they see this human system signal. And I'll, I'll, the final, you know, stamp of approval I'll share with you is uh, on the regulatory side. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest risks, particularly for clinical biotech, doesn't matter what I think or investors think, uh, the ultimate due diligence is regulators. So they, if they don't check off, you're not doing, uh, you're not getting in the human system for, for good reason too. Um, and we just, uh, were awarded, you know, this innovation passport, uh, by way of, uh, the MHRA, uh, in the UK. That's the MHRA is the FDA equivalent in the UK, which is one of the most coveted accelerated approval pathways in the world. Uh, we were just awarded that. We're the only Alzheimer's indication at the moment to have that innovation passport. And central to their uh, decision-making was uh, this data that I, I referenced uh, Suzanne commenting on uh, and how that data, how that treatment effect stacks up relative to uh, historical uh, studies, including the monoclonal antibodies. And what they, what you see in this data we're about to publish on it is that the treatment effect uh, is better and faster you know, relative to, uh, I'll call the current standard of care. And it's so nice to be able to say we have a certain level of standard of care, um, 
you know, that's just happened, you know, with uh, the yeah. FDA uh, approval. Well, you know, uh, our audience are burned out caregivers and 30% of them actually die before their loved ones do. But those who are caring for an Alzheimer's patient, uh, that number goes up to 40% will die before their loved ones do. Um, what do you hope by being on the show that uh, these caregivers to Alzheimer's patients uh, will be able to take away? I mean, is it just giving them a, a renewed hope that help is on the way or, you know, what's, what's the, what should they take away from this interview? Yeah, I think the big takeaway, you know, for sure, you know, um, you know, hope is on the way for sure. And, you know, it, this isn't um, something preclinical. This isn't, um, you know, something in mouse model. You know, this, this is working backwards from human system signal from a penicillin moment uh, with statistical rigor and a world-class team that's been recognized uh, by one of the top three regulators in the world. Mm. And, and we're, mov- we're moving at warp speed. Uh, well, this you is certainly just have enough money. Your uh, Alzheimer's Association probably takes in more than <laughs> the Cancer Society, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like the fundraise is the fundraise, you know, and uh, we've, we've, got, we've got the support from amazing, you know, investors, including RMB Capital in Chicago. Um, yeah, well, Alzheimer's but, is no, uh, you know, it, it, it's what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, it doesn't. Um, decide who's going to get it, you know, the rich, the poor, the, the racial, the diversity, the, uh, men, women, uh, you name it, uh, it picks everybody. And many times yeah. it picks, you know, intelligent geniuses and, and yeah. it picks us dumb people as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my grandmother had a photographic memory and, right. you know, I was sitting right there, uh, like so many other people, helpless and um back to your original question is you know that steered me into um you know finding my dharma and finding a purpose and and here we are you know to come back around to your last question you know just just over two years ago i sunsetted my finance career uh you know came in as a co-founder uh obviously you know leading you know a world-class team and in just over two years We've allocated, you know, just over $10 million and our first patient in is, um, in two months. And it, you know, we'll have data, interim data six months after last patient. And so conservatively, I'm, uh, thinking Q2 2025, uh, this innovation passport allows us to have patient access, uh, starting in the UK. So patient access, if we confirm, we got to execute. The biggest risk for us is execution at this point. Um, you know, if we, if we have a confirmation study that's successful um, and mirrors or better, uh, you know, what we did before, we'll, we'll have patient access. And so that's more than hope. That's concrete, uh, you know, timelines here, uh, you know, to um, do something about this uh, humanitarian crisis. Well, Debbie? Well, congratulations. I, I'm just thrilled to hear it. And I, what I like most about it is the fact that you're not saying we are the cure, the only cure and, um, you know, talk to us and no one else. I love it that you are working in tandem or, or hope that it will be something that works in tandem. So thank you for your, your work. Um, I think it's marvelous. 
Yeah, well, thanks, um, you know, for being out there, you know, allowing me to communicate and others too, you know, and that's the point is, uh, back to the significance, uh, you know, that, uh, doing something to make the world a better place that you can't do by yourself. We got to bond, we got to bond together, uh, to make this happen. And that's exactly what's happening, you know, at advantage. And, and you guys are the tip of the spear, you know, out there to allow people to, to hear the important work that's being done. Uh, so thank you. Yes. Well, it's amazing how time flies when you're having fun here. <laughs> but, um, how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more or want to ask you questions or want to read a book that you wrote? Did you write a book? <laughs> uh, I've, I've, um, I've published <laughs> in my finance days in peer reviewed journals. I haven't written a book just yet. Maybe, you know, the chapter is be- being written right now. Uh, but you could find, you know, Advantage Therapeutics. Uh, that's our company. Uh, the website's out there. Uh, Jeff at advantagetherapeutics.com is my email. Um, I won't give my cell just yet, but those are two different avenues for people to uh, get a hold of us. And yeah, I uh, really appreciate, uh, you know, the time and, and, you know, dedication to your guys' craft. You know, it means a lot to me to be on the show. Great. Well, it's likewise here. Debbie, how can people reach you and learn more about what what you do? I've got four or five books out now, and <laughs> uh, DebbiePeterson.com is the easiest way to find those. And I have a podcast and all kinds of fun things happening. So just go to DebbiePeterson.com. Yeah. And remember that all our live shows become recorded pod and video casts on all your favorite platforms. Uh, just a plug for me, my number one best-selling book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times is spreading wisdom all over the world, and it's available wherever books are sold, and also on my free membership website, caregiverdave.com, where you can also schedule a free 30-minute initial coaching call to talk about whatever you're struggling with. Many times, a 30-minute worth of wisdom is all it takes to resolve a problem. And I invite you all to join my Caregiver Dave Facebook online support group community of 34,000 caregivers, lots of tools, resources, videos, this this radio show and much more. You know, we're just trying to keep as many of you caregivers who are dying before your loved ones do alive because the stats are very worrisome. Hey, also, if you like or follow, uh, if you hit the like or follow button on whatever platform you're watching, listening to this interview on, it helps us reach even more caregivers by improving Google's search engine algorithms, however that works. So thanks again to all my listeners out there, to my guests, my co-hosts all over the world for tuning in every Wednesday and making us the number one caregiver podcast and radio show on the internet. So until next week, same time, same channel, may God richly bless you all. Bye-bye. I'm Dave Nassani. My fourth book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times, is a number one bestseller on Amazon. As a young boy, I was told I possessed an unusual amount of wisdom for my age. As a young man, I found myself counseling friends and older family members whenever they needed answers to their problems. Then at 21, I read the Bible for the very first time and learned how King Solomon asked God for wisdom instead of riches, yet he received both. I was so impressed that I too asked God for wisdom. Soon after, I discovered when lying on my hammock, I would receive wisdom from God. This book is the result of my passion to share with the world wisdom's tremendous benefits. Join me as I reveal practical aspects of wisdom for the mind, body, and spirit. 
31 Lessons I Learned from God That Can Change Your Life. Available in hardcover, audible, Kindle, and paperback. Wherever books are sold. I've spoken all over the country and London and am available to speak at your event. Contact me at hammockwisdom.com. Like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Keep breathing, take it in and let it out. Keep breathing, it's gonna be okay. about Medi-Cal. You have a choice and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.